This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. So-called true crime magazines were highly popular in the 1930s, and the movie G-Men, starring James Cagney, released in the spring of 1935, had proven to be a big hit. Producer-director Phillips H. Lord thought there was a place on radio for a show of the same type. To emphasize the authenticity of his dramatizations, Lord produced the initial radio show, G-Men, in close association with FBI director J. Edgar Hoover. Now, Hoover was not particularly favorable to the notion of such a program, but U.S. Attorney General Homer Cummings gave it his full support. That first series dramatized FBI cases, but Hoover insisted that only closed cases would be used. He also demanded that he, or a top-level aide, review and approve every script. Hoover preferred that scripts downplay gunfights and car chases and spend more time on systematic investigation and legwork. Those restrictions hampered Lord, who saw his creation as a public service, but one that had to entertain as well as to inform. The last episode of G-Men ran in mid-November of 35, and the sequel, renamed Gangbusters, debuted in January of 36. It was free of Hoover's interference. And I found this next little bit of trivia rather fascinating. To lend an extra air of authenticity to the presentation, Lord had Norman Schwarzkopf Sr., former head of the New Jersey State Police, give a short talk to lead into the actual dramatization. Schwarzkopf was the father of General Norman Schwarzkopf, Jr., leader of the coalition forces in the uh, 1990 Persian Gulf War. Anyway, that authentic voice became even more important after Lord ended his connection with the FBI. So let's hear tonight's episode, Jewel Robbery. And now in cooperation with police and federal law enforcement departments throughout the United States... CBS Radio presents Gangbusters! Gangbusters! The only national program that brings you authentic police case histories has asked the Honorable Edward L. Dowd, First Assistant Circuit Attorney of St. Louis, Missouri, to narrate by proxy tonight's case. Circuit Attorney Dowd. Thank you, and good evening, Gangbusters listeners. Let's begin tonight's case on a cold winter morning a year or so ago in the city of St. Louis, Missouri. The proprietress of a small, unkempt confectionery store on South Broadway had just opened the place for the day's business and was tidying up the tiny soda fountain. Morning, Annabelle. 
told you no last night, Wally. The answer's still no. Crying out loud, you think it was a fortune? You could stake a guy to a couple of hundred. Why? Now, Anna, be reasonable. I'm good for it. You know I'm good for it. Why does a guy in your position need to come looking for handouts? You know where to get it. Why don't you go out and make it? The heat's on, Annabella. Town is hotter than a two-dollar pistol shooting blanks. Don't blame me. I didn't make the heat. These guys have really been burning up the town. Remember that clothing store man? Yeah. Them. That was them. Of course, I'm not saying it was their fault the guy got shot. Somebody comes in a heist the place. A reasonable thing to do is give him the money. He fought them, so what does he get? A nice funeral. And the hotel clerk, I hear that was them, too. So you can see why all the heat is on, Annabelle. So I, I figure to get out for a while. I'll take a ride to KC and take things easy for a couple of weeks. I should give you the 200 have to come looking for you in Kansas City. You won't have to come looking for me, Annabelle. I'm good for it. You know I'm good for it. Then go borrow from a bank. Listen to me, Annabelle. Heart to heart. A guy with a little heat on him can't even walk in the streets in comfort anymore. The first thing he knows, he's downtown with the law nagging the life out of him. You can't work under these conditions. My heart is bleeding for you. This mob has been burning up the town with one blast after another, and the pressure is coming down on the cops from all over. It's a risk to stick your head on the street while this mob is still operating. What mob? Who are they? How should I know who are they? I thought you knew everything, Wally. I'm never heard of them. What do you say, Annabelle? No is no. Worms a redhead, the papers say. You know of any redheaded heavy men around here? No. Annabelle. I got an idea, Wally. Have a chocolate malted on the house. No, no, thanks. Much obliged. My chocolate malteds aren't good enough for you, but you'll take my 200. I ain't even had breakfast yet. What's wrong with a chocolate malted for breakfast? Annabelle, please. No. We've been friends for years. I know. I want to keep it that way. If I give you the 200, that's the end of our friendship. Come in, come in. Yeah, I'm in already. Hello, B, mister. Cup of coffee. Hello, Wally. Red, how are you? We don't have coffee. How about a nice cherry phosphate? Nah, never mind. A malted? No, skip it. What are you doing around here, Red? Yeah, seeing the sights. Yeah? How about a hot chocolate? That I can make you. Nah, forget it. How you been, Wally? Busy? No, not too. Uh-huh. I was uh, told I could find you around here, Wally. He's around here too much. Got to do something with my time. Are you uh, looking to make a connection? That depends. You like milk? I give you plain milk. I want coffee. You want coffee? You have to go elsewhere. Red? It's a good deal. Yeah, it's been good so far. Come on, let's go get that coffee someplace. We talk about it. Huh? It's in a restaurant I'm running. I carried what everybody asked for. I'd have a million dollars worth of stock. It's all right. I'm not to put out now. Well, go if you're going. Got plenty to clean up around. Come on, Wally. I'll see you, Annabelle. Yeah, don't do me any favors. No, no. Sergeant Rickard, robbery squad. Now hold on, please. I'll connect you. Robbery squad, Sergeant Rickard. Miss Annabelle. Yes, Annabelle. 
You were looking to get a line on a redhead? Yeah, so? Maybe I just saw the one. What's his name? Red. His name is Red. Uh, that's not much help. This friend of mine was in the store crying about the heat around town because of all these heistings. And this Red walks in. And Wally are sidekicks from way back, I think. He wants to know if Wally would like to make a connection. Well, what did Wally say? He didn't say. They left together to talk it over. For where? How should I know for where? Did I follow him? Okay, Annabelle, thanks. Keep your ears open now. In the meanwhile, we do some checking around. Let me have a sugar, will you, Wally? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks. All right, tell me. What's the deal? Wait a minute. Take it easy, I'll tell you. First, I want to know, is there any heat on you? Heat on me? Yeah. You guys got all the heat in this town. You're running wild and the lid is on everybody. Are you still a good man at the wheel you used to be, Wally? Yeah, I'm all right. Downtown, for instance. Can you wheel a car in there and get it out? Yeah. What's the touch? Jewelry house. Just jewelry? There'll be some cash involved, enough. But plenty of ice. I don't like a jewelry deal. You break your back to get the scum and you can't turn it over for 20 cents on a dollar. Well, that shouldn't make any difference if there's enough of it. No, I guess it shouldn't. And it's only a three-handed job. Oh? Yeah, that's all. A fair-sized score split up only three ways wouldn't be bad, huh? What happened to the other two in the mob? What other two? Papers have been saying you were four-handed altogether. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, Wally, we were four-handed, but uh, two of the boys pulled out. Yeah? Why? They thought there was too much heat for the fireworks. They started to cry, so uh, Mac gave them the kiss-off. Who's Mac? You wouldn't know him. They've been his jobs. What kind of guy is he? After this one, I'll have had enough myself. Cowboy? No, not exactly. He ain't wild. He's got a head on his shoulders. Maybe that's his trouble, too much head. He thinks he's a mastermind. I don't like that kind of deal. Every hand should have a say-so. Not with Mac, they don't. Who does this guy think he is? I don't know him. I don't know what he can do. Don't get so independent. You told me you were behind the six. You can't get dough by being independent. All right. I'll talk to him anyway. I'm talking to you for him. Are you in, aren't you? Okay, Red, I'm in. Good. Come on, let's go see this car. Take it easy, will you? Give me a chance to drink my coffee. Besides, we can't meet him till tonight. So, Matty, have to make an appointment? He's a late sleeper. All right. Go ahead, drink your coffee. Wait out here, Johnny. Yeah, sure, Rick. I won't be but a few minutes. I'll see you. Where does this Wally live, Annabelle? I don't know. He never said. We've been checking around. We've got no address for him in the cards. Don't cry to me, Sergeant. That's your job to keep track of these heats, not mine. You got no idea at all? No, no idea at all. And when you see him again, try to fish it out of him, huh? Fish it out of him yourself. Here he comes. <laughs> One lemon lime. Hi there, Annabelle. The answer's still no, Wally. Forget I even mentioned it, Annabelle. Hi there. How are you? What'd you do? Get it from that red-headed friend of yours? Anyway, yeah. Got some telephone change, Annabelle? 
Yep, sure. He looks familiar, that redhead. I think maybe I know him from someplace. There you are. Maybe you do. He's been around. Excuse me, I gotta make a call. Who's stopping you? See what I mean about the redhead? Yeah, I see. You gonna pick Wally up? A few days in jail might do him some good. Maybe it'd help his color. Maybe it would. How much for the lemon lime, Annabelle? Still a nickel. No inflation around here. There you are. Thank you. Call again. Let me know what you hear, Annabelle. I'm all ears. Okay, I'll see you now. Hurry back, mister. Johnny? Hey, Rick. Wasn't that Wally that went in the store? Yeah. Did he make you? No, I don't think so. He remembers me from someplace. Probably thinks I'm a steady hanger around Annabelle's. He went to use the phone. What are we going to do when he comes out? Collar him? No, there's nothing we could hold him on yet. We don't even know if this redhead is one of the outfit. I wouldn't make any bets he wasn't. I want to see that redhead before we make a move. If he's right, I want to grab him good. What hey, Rick, we do it? He's coming out. Okay. Here he comes, this way. Let him pass. Okay, Johnny, stay with him. Right. If he makes a meet with a redhead or if you find out where Wally lives, check with me. Okay. All right, on your horse. So long. Back to Gangbusters in a moment. The Sunday daytime listening is truly outstanding at the star's address. Tomorrow, don't miss World Music Festivals, visiting the Edinburgh Festival, where Bruno Voltaire conducts the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra. And remember, too, that Sunday daytime on most of these same CBS radio stations, Leopold Stokowski conducts in the 20th Century Concert Hall, and Michel Piastro directs the Symphonette, all on CBS radio. And now back to Gangbusters and Circuit Attorney Dowd. Well, while St. Louis detectives were beginning to make headway in their investigation, the holdup mob had recruited another member. And late that night in another part of the city, Wally was being escorted up the stairs of an apartment house by his connection, Red. Like I said, Wally, you might not like the guy, but you got to grant him a brain. I just don't want anybody telling me my business, that's all. I don't go for that kind of garbage. Okay, don't get excited. You haven't even met him yet. That way. Just don't want him telling me how to do my job. Take it easy, will you? Okay, right here. Should I push the bell? Nah, never mind. I got the keys. Mac! Come on in, Wally. Yeah. Hey, Mac! In here, Red. He's in there, Wally. Say, uh, how you like the setup here, Wally, huh? That'll do. Yeah. Mac, meet Wally. How are you? Hi. Uh, just a second. He's nuts about solitaire. So I see. I tried a lot of things. I can't find a better way to pass the time. Have you tried knitting? Wally. Yeah, I tried knitting. Nothing there. Well, you want to let this go for a while, huh? That's nice of you. It don't look like I could win it anyway. Not with that deal. Sit down, Wally. Yeah. Thanks. Right here. Yeah. Fred says you're okay, Wally. Says you're good wheel man. The best, Mac. Okay. Now, this is going to be a nice little score. Not the biggest in the world, but uh, tidy. 
That's the way I like them, tidy. When? Maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. Depends on the weather. What's the weather got to do with it? This is a congested district. If it's raining or snowing, traffic will be heavy and slow. Plus, there'll be a lot of extra taxi cabs in the area. It's a good angle. The gate will be rough enough without any handicaps, so uh, let's wait for good weather. It's okay with me. See, Wally, all the angles. Now, uh, the mark is the Four Brothers Jewelry Company. That's uh, on the third floor of the tower building. It's a rough deal getting out of that neighborhood. Can you do it? I can do it. It's my idea we should have a small, fast car. A big one might be a little trouble to handle in traffic. But uh, I'll leave it to you. Yeah, you leave it to me. Hey, uh, a small car would be better, don't you think, Wally? Small car it'll be. Now, uh, here's the layout. Forget about the elevator. We'll go up the stairs. The office is um, around here in back like this. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there's this entrance here. The door's made of glass, so we gotta work fast. We gotta get in, get it, and get out. We got no time to play. Who wants to play? There's a counter uh, here, which uh, stretches from one side practically to the other. It's a display case. None of the good stuff is in there. In back of the counter is a vault. That's what we want to get in. How much do you figure? Maybe five, six thousand in cash, maybe fifty thousand in ice. It's not bad. All right for me. Off to the side here, uh, there's a little office. Uh, now, that's where the owner has his desk. And besides the owner, we'll find another guy there, a salesman. Mm. Neither one of them look like the hero type. We won't have any trouble. You got this mark pretty well cased. I should have. I've been there twice. I've been trying to make up my mind whether to buy a watch they got. It's a great setup, Wally. Huh? They'll recognize me when I come in. I'll tell them I want the watch. They're relaxed. We go to work. How about the bug? All those jewelry houses got alarms. That won't be no problem. The only one I could spot was in the boss's little office. Now, he'll be in front writing up the sale on the watch. And if there are any more, we'll just have to be quick enough to keep them away from them. I'm for being quick. Back to gangbusters in a moment. Now, uh, Red. Yeah. You're going to take the boss. Uh-huh. Your job is to watch him, keep him quiet, keep him away from the bugs. Okay. And Wally, you do the same thing with the salesman, and I'll clean the void. Wait a minute. What's the matter? You're going a little fast for me. You said I was to handle a salesman. That's right. I was under the impression I was a wheelman in this deal. That's a big enough job. I don't belong on the inside at all. It's not necessary to stay with the car. It can sit. Yeah. Well, it can sit without me. I don't do two men's work. Wally. Not without two men's cuts. I don't do two men's work without two men's cuts. Will you listen to me? I knew there was something screwy about this deal. No wonder your other two left you like that. Wally, you got to grant me it takes three on the inside. Okay, I'll grant you, but I'm a wheel man. You've done inside work? Sure, I've done inside work, but not while I was the wheel man. I won't have any part of it. Now, listen to me, will you? You came in, and you're in. Yeah. We'll see if I'm in. Now, Wally, be reasonable. Who's being unreasonable? Now, look. I don't get tough often, but I'm going to get tough now. You're in, Wally. You made a deal and you're in. Well, you're not going to be feeling so good. Wally, cooperate. Huh? It ain't going to be so tough. <sighs> well, okay. I wasn't on such a spot for though I'd tell you all what to do. Good, Wally. I knew you'd come to first. You see, Mac? Is that all? Yeah, that's all. This is going to be tomorrow. I'd better start scouting around for a car for the get. Yeah, a small car, Wally. A small car. Red will get in touch with you. He'll let you know whether it's tomorrow and what time. Yeah, you'll be at Annabelle's at 11. I'll phone there. Okay, Annabelle's at 11. I'll be there. Now, we got a good deal, boys. An awful good deal. 
Now, let's see if I can win one of these games for myself. Robbery squad, Sergeant Rickard. Hello, Rick. Johnny. Yeah, Johnny. Wally must have lifted himself a Chevy coach. I saw him on the corner of Grand and Locust. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Looks for sure like he's in a deal now. Yeah? Where'd he park this car? In a public garage on Market Street. On Market Street near the civil courts. Okay, Johnny. Stick around there. I'll be right out. You think I ought to have one of the boys stay behind, Wally? No, that won't be necessary. He's going to use that car if they pull anything. That's all we have to watch the car. I'll be right there. Uh, what? Yeah, that... Hi, Annabelle. Oh, Wally. Hot tricks, Annabelle. I got no tricks. What do you want? 200 again? The answer's still no. Nah, I don't want you 200. Just fix me a chocolate marlin. Chocolate marlin with vanilla or chocolate marlin with chocolate? With vanilla. Chocolate marlin with vanilla. How come yesterday you wanted 200? Today you don't. Beginning to get insulted. My connections came through, Annabelle. You would take my advice, which you won't. You wouldn't go looking for trouble. I'm not looking for trouble. Who needs trouble? Every time I got a call. I'll get it, Annabelle. Why should you get it? Is it your store? I'm expecting a call. I'll answer. Uh, Go on, then. Answer before they hang up. Yeah. And don't give my phone number to any more Toms and Vicks. What do you think this is? Hello? Wally? Yeah, this is Wally. Red. Max says we do it today, 3 o'clock. Okay, I'm ready. You got the car okay? Yeah, Chevy, just a ticket. I got to park in the garage on Market Street. I can pick you two up about 2.30. No, Max says no. Max says for you to drive downtown yourself, park the car in Del Mar near the building. We'll see you there. Okay. It will take care of the hardware. Just bring the car in yourself. I got you. So long. Much obliged, Annabelle. Much obliged for what? For you, set of facilities. Anytime. Ask me for anything except money. One chocolate malted with vanilla. Happy days, Annabelle. Happy days yourself. Cut over to Washington, Rick. Maybe we can pick him up there. Well, I'm afraid it's no use, Johnny. We lost him. Lousy traffic. Same thing last night. So since Red took him to meet the mob, we got fouled up in traffic. That's okay. We know where to put our hands on him now. Wally, at least. He can lead us to the others. They're liable to start shooting again. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, from the way he was headed, I guess the job is someplace downtown. Maybe he was just headed to pick up the others. Maybe, but these guys are pretty slick, Johnny. I don't think they'd all ride together in a hot car. I think the rest will meet him. I'll pull in the phone. We'll get a few more squads on the job and cruise around downtown. Maybe we can spot that Chevy. All right, step lively, boys. We go in, we get in, we get out. Waste no time. You said red? I'm set. Wally? I'm set. Okay, each of you handle your man. I'll clean the ball. Keep your eyes open. This is the place, boys. Looks nice. Yeah. Hello there. Well, how are you today? Hmm? Fine. I uh, think I'll take that watch I was looking at. Oh, yes, sir. Well, that's a fine watch. I brought my friends over to see it. All right. Here we are. Solid gold case, 21 jewel Swiss movement, a beauty on a bargain. How do you like it? Yeah, it's well. I kind of like one myself. 
I can show you something similar. Uh, some other time. I tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to put a deposit on it and pick it up next Monday. I'm uh, kind of short. Uh, how much of a deposit did you have in mind? Oh, say twenty-five dollars. Well, I uh, think that'd be all right. Let me check with the boss, uh, Mr. Burgess. Uh, some watch, all right? Yes. Uh, front, please, Mr. Burgess. All right. Watch is guaranteed, isn't it? Absolutely guaranteed. If anything goes wrong with it, just bring it in. But you must remember, a fine watch is a delicate piece of machinery. Yeah, I know. Yes. May I help you? Uh, Miss Burgess, this gentleman would like to leave a $25 deposit on the watch and pick it up on Monday. How do you do? Hello. Hi, nice place you got here. Thanks. Well, I think that'll be perfectly all right. All we have to do is... Okay. Do as you're told and you won't get hurt. Please, what's that? Quiet still. All right. Lock the door. Yeah, I got you. Going around, boys. Keep them covered. Yeah, come on. Now, just don't try to be heroes and you won't get hurt. All we want... Hey, you. Me? You, move away from there. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, boss. Come here and have a look. What's the trouble? We got to move. There's a bug right under the counter. This guy was standing not six inches from us. You? Oh, no. Not me. Go on, you. Move over there. All right. All right. I'm moving. You. Did you hit the alarm button? Oh, I know. I didn't touch it. You sure? I'm positive. Sure had his chance. Now, tell me the truth. If any cops come storming in here, I'm going to kill you, I swear. Did you hit that bug? No, I didn't. Okay, you're smart. All right, boys, get them tied up. By the time you finish, I'll have the vault clean. We covered a lot of blocks, Rick. Don't look good to me. Well, we take one more turn around it. Wait a minute. What? There's a Chevy parked up there. Where? Next to the alley. That's the baby. Nobody with it, huh? It must be inside someplace. Hold it, Joe. Hold, hold it. Central district. Cars four, five, and six. In the jewelry office, third floor tower building. The old up alarm is ringing. That's it. Let's go. In the jewelry office, third floor tower building. That's in the middle of the block. Let's get them. How you doing, boys? They'll be tied in a minute. I don't know what you fellas expect to get up. Make it good and tight. Hey, look, there's cops coming in the hall. Why, you, you hit that bug, didn't you? Please, get up. Here they come. Get up. Go on, get up. All right. Open up there. Yell to him. You hit the alarm by mistake. We're police officers, open up. Tell them what customers. Tell them it was a mistake. Take it in. Hey, they're breaking in. Watch it. The lock. Get the lock, Sergeant. Get your hands up, coppers, or I'll kill this guy. No, don't. Stop those guns, police officers. Get them, Sergeant. Let go of me. Give me that gun. Let me go. Copper, right. get your hands up. Okay, don't shoot. Get those hands up. All right, don't shoot. Get him up. You, turn that man loose. I'll kill him. No. Let him go. All right, take it easy. You all right, mister? Yes. Yes, I think so. Jack is tied up over there. Go look after him. Yes, I'd better. It's all right, Jack. It's all right. Are any of you bums hurt? They all look okay to me, Rick. Now sit down there, all of you. Listen. He said sit down. What a mess. I don't cry. It won't do you any good, Wally. Sure, plenty of truth in that. And now we're going to take a little inventory. Let's see what we got here. They're not such a tough-looking bunch, are they, Rick? No, not now they're not. Take their guns away and they're just a bunch of crumbs. Just plain crumbs. That, gangbusters listeners, was how this gang of hold-up artists and killers was captured in the act of committing a robbery after a terrific struggle and gun battle. All were tried in the circuit court at St. Louis, Missouri, and convicted. They are now in the Missouri State Penitentiary at Jefferson City in execution of their sentences. Thank you, Circuit Attorney Edward L. Dowd of St. Louis, Missouri.
Now, Gangbusters Nationwide Clues broadcast every week as a public service to assist American police in their war against the underworld. Attention all citizens. Be on the lookout for Clarence Dye, wanted by the FBI for unlawful flight to avoid prosecution for armed robbery. Listen carefully to his official description. Clarence Dye, alias Chuck. Age 43. 5 feet 10 inches. 140 pounds. Medium build. Brown hair. Blue eyes. Fair complexion. May seek work as a welder or cook. This man has scars over his left eyebrow, a blue scar over his right eyebrow, and a tattoo of initials C.D. on his right forearm. Caution, Dye is probably armed and should be considered extremely dangerous. He reportedly has stated that he will not be taken into custody alive and will attempt to kill any officer arresting him. Attention all citizens, maintain vigilance for Edwin Sanford Garrison. Wanted by the FBI for unlawful flight to avoid confinement for the crimes of burglary and robbery. If you have any information concerning these fugitives, notify your local police, the nearest office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, or gangbusters at once. Tonight's gangbusters case was dramatized by Stanley Niss and directed by Leonard L. Bass, with Mason Adams, Amzie Strickland, and Eric Gressler in leading roles. The entire production was supervised for CBS Radio by John Ives, Gaylord Avery speaking. Tonight, Eve Arden raps for attention, and the merriment's on again at dear old Madison High. Yes, she's back. Eve Arden as our Miss Brooks. Funnier than ever before, with the help of Bashful Boynton, her biology-teaching heartthrob, Mrs. Davis, Eve's pixelated landlady, Osgood Conklin, the terrible-tempered principal, and the rest of the riotous gang. Remember, class convenes with our Miss Brooks tomorrow night on most of these same CBS radio stations. Be sure to beat the school bell to your seats. You hear America's favorite shows... On the CBS Radio Network. Stay tuned for My Friend Irma next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for My Friend Irma and the episode from 1948, Dinner Date. Irma, honey. Yes, Jane? This magazine says that scientists in Arizona have just found the footprints of a prehistoric animal two million years old. What do you think of that? Well, I think they're silly if they try to track it down. I'm sure it's dead. <laughs> well, that's what you can expect when you listen to my friend, Irma. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship When other friendships have been forgotten Theirs will still be hot Brothers Company, makers of Swan, the soap with the exclusive super-creamed blend, presents... Our friend Swan, with my friend Irma. Starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. Tonight 
is a very important night for me. I'm anxious to be bright and gay, and I want to look my best. The reason? I met a new fellow. I really kind of like him. So I decided to discuss it with my roommate, Irma. Irma? Yes, Jane? I know this may shock you, honey, but I have a date tonight, and it's not with Richard. Not with Richard? Oh, Jane, you're going to get a reputation for being footloose. Of course, if you want to go around with loose feet. <laughs> oh, Irma, stop being a Puritan. This is 1948. How long can a girl wait for a man? I'm getting older. So what? You know what they say, Jane. Wine improves with age. I know. If you wait long enough, it can turn into vinegar. <laughs> Personally, I think Rich is just wonderful. But he doesn't seem to be getting any more serious. The sound of those wedding bells seems to be growing fainter. Well, that's one problem I haven't got, Jane. I hear bells in my head all the time. <laughs> but, Jane, uh, who's your new fellow? Oh, his name's Peter Guilford. Irma, he's nothing short of sensational. Oh, just like my Al. He's a sensational nothing, too. <laughs> you can say that again, but I wish you wouldn't because the subject bores me. Oh, Jane, what does your new fellow Peter Guilford do? Well, I don't know too much about him, honey, because I just met him. I know he has an important job with the government. He, uh, he mentioned something about being in charge of financial distribution. Well, Jane, even though you met another fella, I still think you love Richard. Now, tell me the truth. Well, I don't really know, sweetie. Sometimes I'm not sure that I was ever truly in love with Richard. Well, that's where Al and I are different. We know we're in love. Otherwise, why would I get all confused and dizzy? <laughs> well, honey, the answer to a question like that has many ramifications Anyway, I just can't wait until my date tonight with Peter Guilford You know, I'm really excited about him <laughs> Come in It's only me, Professor Kropotkin <laughs> Hello, Janie and Irma, my two little crystal gazers One with all the answers, the other still in a trance <laughs> Excuse me for intruding, girls. I just came down to tell you the good news. I made up with Mrs. O'Reilly. Oh, wonderful, Professor. That's what we like to hear. How long could I stay mad at a woman who has such a wonderful heart? Imagine last night she baked me a seven-layer cake. Just what I needed. Oh, that's nice. It will make a perfect footrest. Well, like I am... Oh, gee, this is a day for romance. You and Miss O'Reilly, and, and Jane has a new boyfriend. Janie, is that right? What happened with Richard? Nothing. It's just that Richard's been stalling, and I've decided not to put all my eggs in one basket. Oh, you're smart, Jane. When they cost almost a dollar a dozen, you have to be careful. <laughs> Being careful is what I want to talk to you about, Janie. A person in choosing a mate must never be too particular. You know, I remember when I started courting girls. One I didn't like because she was mean, another was jealous, another was stingy, another was naggy. So gradually I became an expert. And I wound up marrying a woman who was a combination of all of them. Well, Irma's jumping to conclusions, Professor. I'm not marrying Peter Guilford. I'm merely having dinner with him. But it's something to keep in mind, Janie. Why do you think I've gotten romantical thoughts about Mrs. O'Reilly? I'll tell you. All my life, women I've known have run around with other fellows. But Mrs. O'Reilly, 
her I could leave on an island with a boatload of shipwrecked sailors, and she wouldn't get kissed if a mistletoe tree fell on her. <laughs> and that's what a man likes, peace of mind. Oh, Professor, uh, do you know that Jane's new boyfriend, Peter Guilford, has a very important job with the government? Oh, really, Janie? What does he do? Well, he, he told me he was in charge of financial distribution. Oh, that already is a big job. Huh. And, Janie, I hope it works out well for you. Thank you. Well, girls, I got to go now. Since I'm taking Mrs. O'Reilly out, I think I'll run down to the corner and buy her a corsage. A bunch of celery. <laughs> oh, Professor, you can't smell celery. I got news for you. You can't eat daisies, either. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Hello? Hiya, chicken. Hello, Al, honey. Where are you? In a telephone booth down at the unemployment office. Gonna be a little late, chicken. The guy who gives out the check seems to be all thumbs today. Well, he should make you wait. After all, you're one of their best customers. <laughs> yeah, I know. Would make a complaint, but don't want him to think I'm trying to take his job away from him. Why not? He might give it to me. <laughs> hey, hold it, chicken. The line's starting to move. We'll see you soon. Bye, Al. Bye, chicken. Oh, made it. Boy, this gripes me. Still have to stand in line. You'd think a guy who's been coming here this long would have seniority. Uh, it's the fault of the guy who distributes the checks, that Peter Guilford. There's a real bum for you. Boy, I hate him. Oh, hiya, Pete. <laughs> How's tricks? Oh, it's you, Al. Did you look for a job this week? Uh, uh, no, I couldn't. You, you see, um, my grandmother died. She died last week. <laughs> she rallied. I knew you'd have an answer. You always do. Here's your check. Ah, uh, thanks, Pete. See you next week, kid. That Peter Guilford. I hate that bum. Irma, honey, will you hand me my nail polish? I want to look my best for Peter Guilford tonight. All right, Jane. Come in. Oh, hello, Mrs. O'Reilly. Oh, my, you're all dressed up. Thank you, dear. The professor and I are going out tonight, and I was wondering if you could lend me a pair of dark glasses. Dark glasses? Yes, the wind blew me eyelashes off the windowsill. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want him to see me without them. You know the way he kids about me false teeth and me artificial fingernails and me bleach transformation. He says if we ever cross the border, the customs man will be checking my parts Five days after we've gone. <laughs> oh, he's a great kidder. It's me again, girls, and Mrs. O'Reilly. Oh, what a beautiful day it is. I was just out taking a walk. Oh, Professor, don't move. There are two caterpillars on your shoulder. Caterpillars? Glory be, those are me eyelashes. I should have known. You know, Mrs. O'Reilly, if this building ever caught fire and you jumped out of the window, the fireman wouldn't know which part to catch first. <laughs> oh, hush, Professor. Tell me, Janie, darling, how's Richard? I see you're wearing a new dress. Going somewhere special with him? Well, before Irma gets a chance to distort the news, I'll tell it to you. I'm dating a new beau tonight. Oh. Yes, and he's a very important man who works for the government. Well, you know what's best for you, Janie. I only hope it'll bring you happiness. After all, the most important thing in life is love. Now, take me. All right. 
I'll admit I'm not a spring chicken. I'm 39. <laughs> but I'm going out with the professor tonight. Mrs. O'Reilly, you are 39. Then let me ask you a question. Why is it the moment the music starts, you automatically go into a minuet? <laughs> That's the reason I love to go out with you, Professor. I like to go out with you, too. But to help me, I can't think of a reason. <laughs> well, goodbye, girls. We'll be running along now. <laughs> goodbye. And, Janie, have a good time tonight with your new boyfriend. Thanks, Professor. Irma, you know, I want to make a good impression tonight, so I think I'll buy a new hat. I won't be long. If Richard calls, remember, you don't know where I am. All right, Jane. Come in. Hello, Jane. Hiya, chicken. Hi, Al. Hello, Al, honey. Oh, the humiliation of that unemployment office. I won't have to put up with that stuff much longer. Got a deal that'll put me on easy street. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to glue corn silk on old sweaters and sell them for fur jackets. <laughs> no, that's not the deal, but like yours better. Sorry, Al, I've already patented it with the insane asylum Well, I'll be back as soon as I find a hat, honey Goodbye, all <laughs> Disparaging date Never gonna amount to nothing Oh, don't say that about Jane, Al She has a date for dinner tonight with a new boyfriend Oh? She gave Richard the old heave-ho? Well, Richard has been stalling You know, a girl gets impatient waiting for a man to accept her proposal <laughs> Chicken, you ain't hinting about you and I no, Al, but now that you mention it, I think it's about time we get married. I want to have children while I'm young, while I still know what more than they do. <laughs> Chicken, you can't get married on a shoestring. Besides, I want you to have a nice home, beautiful furniture, a maid, and, and a car of your own. Oh, Al, a car of my own? Well, certainly. You think after we're married, I'm going to let you walk to work? <laughs> so tired of waiting for that day. Oh, now, Chicken, you gotta be patient till one of my deals comes through. Oh, Al, if you could only get a good job like Jane's new boyfriend has, we could get married right away. Yeah, what does this guy do? Oh, he's with the government in charge of financial distribution. Financial distribution. Sounds important. Chicken, me meeting a guy like that might change our whole future. How? I'm working on a plan. Know all our dreams will come true. Oh, Al, I have so much confidence in you. Uh, let me give you a big kiss for luck. Okay, chicken. <laughs> hey, chicken, what's the idea of making those cross eyes when I kissed you? Well, I wanted to see on which side of my nose your nose goes when you kiss me. <laughs> which side? Neither. <laughs> we meet bumper to bumper. <laughs> for a hat. I've tried off the face hats, on the face hats, low brims, high brims, no brims, no hat, just brim. <laughs> However, I saw one that I thought was adorable. Three roses sewed on a ribbon. $95. <laughs> I wouldn't spend that much for three roses if I just finished a quarter four roses. <laughs> so... I decided to just forget the hat. Let my personality work for me tonight. 
Hello, honey. Hi, Jane. Did you get a hat? No, I didn't, honey. Not that I care, but, uh, did Richard call? No. Well, who cares? Just as well. Oh, yes. Well, I, I don't care. Were you here all the time? Yes. Well, if he does call, tell him I'm not here. All right, Jane. Never mind, I'll tell him. Hello. Hello, Jane. Oh. Oh, it's you, Richard. Jane, I have good news for you. I've taken you out tonight. I've got news for you. I've already got a date. Oh, you have? Yes, I have. Well, that's nice. Uh, enjoy yourself. I certainly will. Good night, Jane. Richard? Richard? Uh, Richard? Well, how do you like that? He's not even angry. Well, Jane, do you care? Of course I don't care. He means nothing to me. Nothing at all. Jane, you just tore your handkerchief. <laughs> well, I like it that way. After all, two handkerchiefs are better than one. <laughs> oh, leave me alone, will you? All men are dogs. Come in. Hiya, chicken. Hello, Prince, honey. <laughs> we were just talking about you. Oh, something good, I hope. Because, uh, Jane, I got something to ask you, and I, I don't know exactly how to begin. Well, leave out the words, may I borrow, and just take it from there. I <laughs> uh, don't need money, Jane. It, it is my belief that a guy only gets places through contacts, people he meets. Yeah, that, that's partially true. Yeah. Now, when you first introduced me to Richard, I thought he could do me some good. But uh, through some slip in the conversation, he found out I was a bum. <laughs> now, Jane, you got a new guy, and I want him to think well of me. I mean... You mean in case he can do you some good. Well, contacts are vital, Jane. Now, wait, Al. I've just met Peter. It's our very first date. I haven't even been out with him yet. I know he has an important position with the government, but I can't ask him to waste his time helping out the unemployed. But, Jane, I'm not asking for myself. It's for Chicken. I want to marry her. But first, first I want to make a man out of myself. Oh, Al, don't change too much. <laughs> Hold it, chicken. Look, Jane, your new guy is with the government, and they got lots of jobs open. There's, there's diplomatic work, there's reclamation projects. Well, I might get a job with the TVA. No, Al, I don't want you to fly. Chicken, TVA is a dam. I don't want you to swear either. What do you say, Jane? I'd get down on my knees and beg you, but this suit won't take it. What do you say we all go to dinner together? Well, gee, Al, I'd like to help you make new contacts if I could, but I can't impose on a strange man and, and an important man on our very first date. I'm not asking for charity. The treat's on me. We'll pick up the check to impress this guy. Part of the scheme. Oh, Al, I just can't do it. Oh, Jean, it's for our children. <laughs> I can't even do it for your children, and believe me, I'm crazy about them. <laughs> Yes, this is Jane Stacy. Oh, hello, Peter. Uh, how nice of you to call. Please, Jane. Try it. We'll yeah. pay all expenses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Peter, I hope you don't mind, but I have a rather unusual request to make. You see, I live with a girl, Irma Peterson, and her boyfriend is in town, and they would like us to be their guests at dinner. Uh, what's that? You accept? Now, now you're sure you don't mind? Oh, that's fine. We'll meet you here for cocktails. Yeah, same time. Wonderful. Goodbye. What do you know? He didn't object. He even seemed eager. 
Hey, you see? The rich like a handout, too. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous, Al. He probably has more money at his fingertips than the government itself. Now, remember, Al, you said you'd pay for this dinner. It's all on you, and I want to go to a very nice place. We'll handle everything. After all, I'm trying to make an impression, too. Must spend money to get money. Oh, Jane, you're really a wonderful friend. And believe me, Al and I will never forget this, and after we get married, we'll name our first baby after you. That is, if it's a girl. <laughs> if it's a boy, we'll name him Jim, but we'll spell it Jane. <laughs> well, now that I've committed myself to cocktails, I guess I better run out and get some more d'oeuvres. Fine, Jane. And after cocktails, the entire evening is on me. It had better be. I'm loaded. Oh, well, it's working out wonderfully. Where will we go for dinner? That's not important. What is important is where am I going to get the money to pay for it? <laughs> oh, but Al, didn't you get your unemployment check today? Yeah, but uh, made some bad business investments, chicken. Ran into the crummiest slot machines I have ever seen. <laughs> I have seen more lemons today than the whole state of California. <laughs> Al Jane and her boyfriend are going uh, as your guest. What are you going to do? Chicken, when you're in a spot like this, there's only one man who can help you. Who, Al? Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> Al, got a problem. Need 50 bucks immediately. What do you suggest? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Play bingo. But, Joe, how do you win 50 bucks playing bingo? Or the way you play it at your fire? Stand in a dark alley with a club? <laughs> Wait for a guy to walk past and bingo, you've got the money? <laughs> oh, no, Joe. No, must be legitimate. In that case, you cannot be of service to me. Gotcha. Goodbye, Joe. Chicken, you get ready. I'm going out to try to hustle the 50 bucks. <laughs> But, Al, you got your unemployment check today. What are you doing back? Pete, I'm in a spot. Could I have an advance against the next two weeks? <laughs> Promise you I won't get a job. <laughs> Al, look, that's against regulations. It can't be done. But this might help you. I'm entertaining a big shop with the government. Might get you a good job. Please, Al, don't bother me. I've got my own troubles. I've got a date with a new girl tonight, and I've got to raise ten bucks to get my suit out of hock. <laughs> I was in a worse hole. But luckily, she's got a girlfriend whose chump boyfriend is picking up the dinner tab. Yeah, you're a fine pal. But I'll fix you. This year, I vote Republican. And next year, you'll be in this line right in back of me. Well, Al, I'm all dressed and ready to go out. Are we going to a ritzy restaurant? With my present resources, chicken, I hope Jane's boyfriend's a vegetarian. <laughs> Why? Looks like we're going to chew grass in the park. Oh, Al, Jane will be embarrassed because this is her first date, and he's such an important man and everything. Now, come in. It's only us again, Kropotkin and O'Reilly. Oh, hello. Uh, Mrs. O'Reilly and I would like for you to do us a favor tonight, please. We are going out, and we wonder if you'll take any messages that come for us. Be glad to, Professor, but you got to do me a favor, huh? It's a matter of life or death. Could you lend me 50? Sure. Can you break a dollar? <laughs> no, 50 bucks. 
Al, if I had 50 bucks, do you think I would be going around with a certain party so she won't throw me out because I can't pay the rent? <laughs> oh, Professor, you and your jokes. <laughs> Al, since you're Irma's... <laughs> Al, since you're Irma's boyfriend and I'm in such a good mood tonight, I'll lend you the $50. Gee, thanks. If I thought I'd get it back. <laughs> oh, I'll be good for it. Very well. Now, if you gentlemen turn your backs... I'll take it out of the vault. <laughs> now, don't peek, Professor. It's in the stocking. How do you like that? And to think I've been wasting time holding hands with her. Here you are, Al. Come on, Mrs. O'Reilly. Now we can go dancing. Before, I was ashamed to take you. Before, it looked like you had three knees. <laughs> Goodbye and good luck. <laughs> Thanks again, Mrs. O'Reilly. Consider this only a temporary loan. Okay, chicken, now we're in business. And since we're going out with such an important man, you take this money and go down and buy yourself an orchid. Well, Al and Irma and myself are waiting for Peter Guilford to come over for cocktails. Irma's dressed for the occasion. She's wearing a sweater with her initials, an I and a P, embroidered on it. And knowing that Peter is a government man, Irma wants to show him she's impartial, so she's embroidered two more letters in front of her initials. D for Democrat and an R for Republican. Of course, the fact that it comes out drip doesn't seem to bother at all. <laughs> Honey? Yes, Jane? You know, I can't understand why Peter's late. Well, he better show up. I've already invested ten bucks for a chicken's orchid. He's got to be a very big man for me to get my money back. Now, don't worry, Alan. Just don't embarrass me, please. Well, I guess I'll go in the kitchen and fix the hors d'oeuvres. Chicken, just got an idea. What, Al? When this Peter gets here, it won't be right for me to blow my own horn. So I think I'll go into the bathroom, and that'll give you a chance to tell him all about me. Well, Al, what shall I say? Well, uh, tell him I'm now retired, but will make myself available because I know the government wants men to take charge of various projects in all 48 states. The projects in all 48 states. Yes, I'll remember. Oh, that must be him now. Let him in. I'll be in the bathroom. Come in, Mr. Guilford. Oh, good evening. You must be Jane's roommate. Yes, that's me. Uh, my initials are on my sweater. Uh, just the second half. Uh, won't you sit down so we, <laughs> so we can chat about my boyfriend? Uh, what about him? Uh, he's been engaged in various projects, and he's wanted in all 48 states. <laughs> What? Irma, honey, would you get the ice and the... Oh, hello, Peter. Oh, hello, Jane. Your, your roommate has been trying to tell me something, but I... know. I... We'll, we'll have a drink. Irma's easier to take that uh. way. Uh, uh, Al? Al, come on out. I want you to meet someone. Come in. Al, this is... Al! Pete! <laughs> Holy mackerel. Jane, is this the big shot government man? Why, yes. Chicken, you know your orchid? Yes. Put it in the icebox. We're going to have to eat it all week. and found that Irma had made a little black jacket which she'd put on our bar of swan soap. 
So I said, Irma, honey, what's the idea of that? And Irma said, Well, Jennifer Penguin can wear a tuxedo, so can I swan. <laughs> well, that's Irma keeping her eye on her swan soap. And no wonder, because Irma knows that swan is the perfect soap for dishes. And you know, ladies, it is. Why, even the way a cake of swan feels tells you it's a perfect dishwashing soap. Sure, the next time you unwrap a cake of swan, just feel the cake with your fingertips. Feel how swan's super-creamed blend makes it differ from other soaps. It feels smoother. And feel those mild swan suds. They feel richer, creamier. Then you'll know why super-creamed blend protects your hands. Yes, thanks to Swan's Super Creamed Blend, your hands are left with a soft, smooth, young look. And here's an added note. Those Swan Suds rinse away so completely your dishes don't need wiping. A real time saver. So for a soap that protects your hands, a soap that gets you out of the kitchen in a hurry, you want the soap with the exclusive Super Creamed Blend, Swan Soap. <laughs> I never knew it could be so revolting. Me, Jane Stacy, the girl with all the answers, had to fall for a guy who was only one step ahead of Al. <laughs> so I said, you know, Irma, I've learned my lesson. I'm going to stick with Richard. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's what Al says. What do you mean, honey? He says, why should he go looking for another chicken when he has a perfectly good cuckoo? <laughs> And for once, Al has come through with a perfect description of my friend, Irma. My Friend Irma, presented by Swan, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company, was produced and directed by Cy Howard. Tonight's script was written by Cy Howard and Park Levy. My Friend Irma stars Marie Wilson as Irma and Kathy Lewis as Jane. The part of Professor Kropotkin was played by Hans Conried. Ladies, listen. The shortage of fats and oils is still very serious, and it's worldwide. So please keep on saving every drop of used kitchen fat. Your butcher will pay you for every pound. Frank Bingman speaking. Tune in next week one hour earlier and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, immediately followed by my friend Irma. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week. The Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Fibber McGee and Molly, followed by Escape. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.